You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Welcome to October, Sitok. Thank you. What and what is special about October this year on after the show? On October the show, are you actually going to follow a Halloween theme? I have I have. I've called it Horror October. Nice. What do you think of that? Took me ages to come up with. Not like Hortober. Does that seem too tacky? That's that seems <laughs> like a <laughs> like it has a whole different plan. <laughs> Sexual October. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I said. It's horror-tober. Horror-tober. You took it to the other place. Yeah, so... Yeah, um, always in the past, I've tried for however many hundreds of episodes and years to say, you know, Halloween, hello, should be special, and you're like, mm, whatever. And we rarely, ever, really hit the mark. But this year, we, did you plan it, or was it When an you accident? say we rarely hit the mark, we always do a horror movie for the week of our... A week of Halloween. Yeah, but Halloween is the whole month. But the whole month, I've never been able to get like four or five horror movies in a row. Yeah, but you do. could also pick other movies. You don't have to be like a shill for well, the movie people. <laughs> we could just, I watch, this is my plan every October. I watch tons of crazy, weird movies. Some horrible, horrible as in like poor quality and all kinds. I'm I'm actually searching right now for my October choices. Well, the uh, movies you're going to look forward to in October are today, we're going to review Midsummer. Midsummer. We're also going to review Annabelle Comes Home. We're also going to... What else are we What else are we doing? Mm. Um, crawl. And then mm. finally, it would be Three From Hell by Rob Zombie, which is essentially The Devil's Rejects 2. So they're all horror-themed. And that will be October on After the Show. Nice. All right. So it is Saturday, October the 5th. This is After the Show 602. We're a movie review podcast. And we're looking at horror movies this month. The first one is Midsummer, as I just said. Midsummer or Midsummer? Uh, Sumar is how the guy who wrote Mid-Samar. it. Midsummer, yes, because it is Swedish, right? Uh, well, he's not. He's not, but the word is <laughs> Yeah, but it doesn't have to be that. I think he's just a little bit pretentious. So he's kind of banking on the, instead of us, so everyone will say it wrong and he can tell you that Mid, you're saying it wrong. I'm going to say it right from now on. Mid-Samar. Because that's A-R at the end instead of an E-R. So um, this is a 2019 movie. It comes out on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital on October the 8th. So we got this a little bit early to review. It's rated R for... Uh, what did it say? Grizzly something. Mm-hmm. It's uh, from Studio A24 and Lionsgate. They sent us a copy for review. Sidtok will give you the synopsis of Midsommar. And I will give you the real one after she gives mm-hmm. you hers. An unsuspecting group get lured into something they weren't suspecting. 
And then some crazy shit happens. All right. It's kind of like, you know, a lot of movies, but it's a it's a horror trope. Lure them in. We've got Hostel. What else did we have? The one where they're like... Friday um, the 13th. No, not Friday the 13th. That wasn't intentional luring. Um, the one where they all go to the beach and then they wind up. We won't spoil it, but... Hostel. I got Hostel already, but there's another one. Yeah, that one with the medical thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, you just spoil it, but okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't because we don't know what it's called. Uh, true. Very true. <laughs> Is that one? So there's a lot it. of those where it's like, hey, come into my, like you said, come into my web, said the spider to the fly, and then horrible things will happen to you. Oh, I've got one. The Green Inferno. Yes. By Mr. Who was that by? The Green Inferno. I don't know. It was by Eli Roth. Right. And isn't there another one like the um, Cannibal something or other? Cannibal Holocaust? Now that probably was one of those two where you get kind of drawn into it and then you... That was... Uh, have you watched that movie? No. That's like some filmmakers go to film this, like the tribes and what they think are cannibal tribes and then turn out to be and eat the filmmakers. Mm, same as Inferno then. That's what they were doing, wasn't it? They were like Greenpeace people in Inferno. True. They were like saying Oh, well, the trees. that's the big... Oh, huge difference. <laughs> <laughs> so the cannibals are like, so what can we want them to be this time? What tastes better, a filmmaker or a, you know, a environmentalist? Yeah. So I'll give you this, the back of the box uh, spiel. And this is just off the back of the box, so it wouldn't be a spoiler, would it? Well. After a family tragedy... A young American couple joins some friends at a midsummer festival in a remote Swedish village. What begins as a carefree summer holiday takes a sinister turn when the insular villagers invite their guests to partake in festivities that grow increasingly unnerving and viscerally disturbing. From the visionary mind of Ariasta, hereditary in brackets, comes the dread-soaked cinematic fairy tale where a world of darkness unfolds in broad daylight. Did oh, that's like kind of boring. Word? It was very wordy. It sounds really boring. According to that. They got their best intern to write that. But it Come isn't. On. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is what it is. It's a very clinical examination yeah. of it. Yeah, it tells you what it is. It says what is in the tin. All right, so um, how big of a fan of Hereditary am I? Big. Yes. Bigger than if me. If it wasn't my favorite movie of last year, which you say it probably wasn't, and I say it probably was, it was definitely my favorite horror movie of the last five years. I can't think of a one that I've enjoyed as much as that mm. one for a while. So, um, I just don't see how it beat out every other movie that you saw the whole entire year. I don't think it did. Maybe, okay. it, maybe it was my favorite horror movie. Yeah, definitely. It's been my favorite horror movie. I, even thinking of all the horror movies I've seen in the last... 10 years, Hereditary really sticks out, so that's how much it meant to me. And I, I, you know, it's a great film. You didn't like it as much as me. I liked it, but I don't understand your absolute, like, devotion to it. It's really weird and interesting and like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. There's something about What the hell? It. It's but visceral and uh, it grabs you, like you push yourself back in your chair a lot. And it's... The plot is surprising. I, I, you know, I didn't know where it was going. So this is not the sequel to Hereditary. It's Ari Aster, the director's next film. And it just so happens to be another horror film. And after it finished, 
I was like, I'm just an even bigger fan of this guy now. That was how I felt. Hmm. Um, and when, you know, when you say, well, you can't compare something with another thing. I won't compare it to Hereditary because that's something else. This is quite different. To yeah, that. very different. And I kept having, you know, that movie we just talked about, The Green Inferno, even though that's kind of trashy. I kept having the feeling I had while I was watching that movie during this movie. And I'm not talking about cannibals. I'm just talking about, I don't know, I don't know what to expect. And this is just all too weird. Mm. The scenario Like it's weird for weird's sake, not for actually, it's like, oh my God, somebody thought this would make such an an interesting visual. We have to do this and then somehow work it into the story. I got that vibe a lot. But it felt like, like it could happen. Like it didn't feel like all this movie. There's nothing in it that couldn't possibly be done in front of your eyes. Like, say, mm. you know, there's nothing... Yeah, I mean, but it didn't feel like it felt... I, don't, I didn't feel that, no. With Hereditary, there are things that are clearly supernatural and weird. You know, mm-hmm. you would... With this, it's all... It's pretty... It could happen. All of it could... It's, none of it's magic. It's just weird people, Right. Are they weird though, or are you just being or are they culturalist? Just yeah. <laughs> like but, that's the that's one of the themes too. It's like, do you accept what's happening? Because in it's fact, not- there are times where these, as I just called them, weird people, seem very nice. <laughs> A little <laughs> like, too nice. A little weird, nice. Yeah. yeah, weird, nice is for me. Touchy feely, looking in your eyeballs. Yeah, uh, that's that's creepy enough to me, right? If you just had a movie where someone was staring through the screen into my eyeballs the whole time, and I could not avert their gaze, that would be creepy to me. And the the other big hook of this movie is it all takes place in broad daylight. It's not a night. You know, you mm-hmm. you're just very used to horror films like. Oh, here's the nighttime part where the thing stalks the thing, and that's where you get scared, and something's hiding in, under the stairs. And this is just all broad daylight. Everything is out there. So what you're actually—it's not re- you're not really scared while you're watching it. I didn't feel scared, but I felt like oh. And there are certain things that I won't spoil this one. I don't think, but there are certain things that happen in the middle in the middle of the movie where you're like, oh, this is what we're going at now. It was all very pleasant until this point. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, I didn't feel like it was pleasant, no. I felt the constant horror vibe coming constantly. Yeah, every I, single I, look, every single conversation was leading me to like, okay, it's going to be bad. But you get a distinct point in the movie where you go, oh, ugh, there's something more to this than mm-hmm. just these weird people. In fact, let's go for spoilers from this point. I was going to say spoilers because there isn't any more to it. And that, to me, is my one complaint. Right. So if you've not seen this, um, go away. Come back another day. Uh, (laughs) Or or come back the same day. Listen to another podcast. (laughs) The movie's two and a half hours long. So come back in two and a half hours if you literally just watch it right now. Come back and then listen to what we have to say. Okay, so there's a point. Spoiler alert. Gone in the middle of the film where some people jump off a cliff. And that is where I was like, okay, this is getting this is serious now. This is this is You didn't any, see that coming? Yeah, I totally saw it coming. Okay. But I didn't know if it was going to commit to it. Okay. But it committed to it in the most horrendous way and matter of fact way as well, which was the way it happened was like, oh, 
I mean, these people are used to what was that? I'll, I'll explain. When you're 72 years old in this um, settlement, it's the end of your life. You know, you uh, go to the top of this cliff and throw yourself off. And it's not like, to them, it's not a horrendous thing. It's like, they're ready for it. They All the life, they know that's going to happen. I don't know. That lady didn't seem ready. She was pretty upset about it. She didn't seem ready, but how could anybody be ready? But that's, that's what the I'm way saying. It, it wasn't normal to all of them. So there's always, you always got to let go of some of that, like, oh, it's just the way it is. So I don't this, think she was into it. They, uh, they die at 72 of their own doing, and they're told by the elders and people in the village that that will make everything's good then. You know, that's you don't have to suffer. It's the end of your life. So we actually see two elders commit suicide, basically, and it's graphic. And one of them, the jump from the cliff doesn't actually finish him off, so they finish him off. Oh, I knew that's what the giant hammer was for. I was like, yep, (laughs) that guy's standing there with that gigantic hammer. I know what he's going to do. Yeah, and it's just so, it's that was the thing for me. It's also matter of, almost like a documentary, like they're just... There's the people. They're, now they're dead. Oh, he isn't really dead. Smashing with the hammer. Like, they've done it a million times. But then I think, as I'm watching this, I have to think of all the rituals that we do in, e- in just what we call civilized societies, right? I don't know how civilized we are, but I mean, that's what you would call it. That we have rituals. I just told you, I'm not... Going to church. I'm not a religious person at all. don't believe in anything at all. And so the idea that you stand in line in a building nice building usually for some dude in a drapey thing like a robe to put a piece of what's supposed to be like the flesh of a guy who lived 2000 years ago on your tongue so you can eat of his flesh and then drink a cup of grape juice which is supposed to be his blood as a ritual to somehow i don't know keep you in the fold keep you grounded remind you of something that i don't know see that sound if you told that to someone who had never heard of that yeah and the thing is like you're just looking in from outside you'd be like what i guess if christianity told us like from our birth that at 72 we kill ourselves yeah but i'm trying to line it up with things that i'm saying that would also be a it would also be natural and normal but but all the weird rituals are not normal if you really think about it and if you look at it from a distance, you know, like so you the, let children sit on a guy's lap who is wearing a red outfit to tell them tell him what they want for Christmas because actually you've been lying to them and threatening them. You better be good or this guy in this red outfit with these reindeer will never bring you a present. <laughs> you see what yeah. I mean? Like that's one of the you'd be like, "What?" So what the o- the that? opening to this movie where it has the Oh, it's awful. I mean, it's well done. Yeah, it's really well done. Uh, the opening part um, and it's what spurs are off to go to this. I mean, they, then they end up going to Hungary. It isn't Hungary, no, though, is it? Sweden. In real life, it's Hungary. In the Sweden. movie, it's Sweden. Right? Is that right? Yes. So um, the the thing about that is it's that place, like in what's the movie from Christopher Nolan, where it's always daylight. Insomnia. Yeah, it's kind of like that, where. Um, there's only two hours where it kind of semi goes dark, but then the rest of the time it's daylight. So that's how this movie operates. You, you, whenever they, it's always light, really light, like the middle of the daylight. But then sometimes they go to sleep, and you see them in their little sleeping quarters, and it's darkish, darkish in there. But 
generally, everything is on display. So if there's something gross, you're seeing all of it. And sometimes that's to the detriment because I think some of the, like, dead bodies don't look very I agree. dead body-ish. And I think that's because it's so well lit. If you could hide that a little bit, it would look fine. And a lot of the performances by a lot of the extras were not very good at all. I, I liked the manicness of the extras they, they, when they're dancing around. Oh, and no. Just, if you watch them, a lot of them are kind of half giggling. And I they're did see. not even into that. And then the eating, they're all eating really weird. Like they were told to just like mechanically pick up their fork and eat. See, I think they were, that that was to add, like they've told them to be weird. I like, don't think so. I just think they weren't very There good. was one person I noticed in the entire movie. I didn't notice what you noticed about the extras. But I did notice... There was one tracking shot that was like, it was right near the beginning when they first got there and then they were sitting down for the first meal. And there was one guy and he was really tall and he was like smiling and laughing while everybody else was completely deadpan faced. And he was in the frame and it looked like somebody had just told him a joke. And I was like, well, why is he laughing? Is, is he <laughs> is he supposed to be like something wrong with him or whatever? Like mm. he's Like he's... Interesting. But then I saw him again later and he was very serious. So I, I think maybe they just got a cut. Like um, when they were editing, there was like, that was a thing where. It, That's what I'm saying. So it wasn't, they weren't great sometimes. Cinematography in this movie is amazing. Like there were some shots where I was like, there's five cameras doing this shot. Like it's a really simple shot. They might be just sat eating, but there are five cameras doing it. There's like one above them. There's like one that's underneath the table kind of peeking up every now and then. There's one that's going around on a track so it's real smooth. It's just like technically there's a lot going on. Did you notice that? Like mm-hmm. all, Yeah. It's very like especially that dancing sequence. It's there's a, a lot of technicality going on. Which to a lot of people might just not blow over that but it looks amazing. The shots, I don't know, there are some shots I don't think you would ever forget, right? For visual. Example? There's visuals in this movie that you will never forget. Oh, definitely. One will be a bear. I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> With a face. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That was kind of like, mm, they're One kind of... will be a flower, like, the... F- the flower queen? The f- yes. When she's kind of, kind of struggling to get away in the flower thing. Yeah, Walking kinda. across the shot. And it's just like beautiful looking, but it's like horrific, actually, what's happening. <laughs> it's weird. It's a strange movie. Um, it's got, I think it had good performances by the people. But yeah, there's a lot of extras in this movie. It seems, you know, it feels expensive to me. Like there's a lot going on. He actually built this whole little, what would you call it? A village or a mm-hmm. town. They actually built the whole thing from scratch. It's in this really beautiful, like, area, like... With mountains, is it mountains behind or just a forest? Looks like mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has everything technically good, I think. I don't like it as much as Hereditary, like I said earlier. But it made me feel uneasy the entire time. Definitely. There's a point in the movie though where I was like, okay, I know, I kind of know now. I feel like I know that everybody's gonna bite it. You know, mm-hmm. and it was well. That. I mean, I feel like that was instant. It, <laughs> I well, just didn't know who and why, right. but I understood the concept. And this movie also has this like 
I think Ariesta thinks it's a clever thing that's like inserted into it. It's about a relationship. Mm. But it's a bit too on the nose because there are moments where you're like, it sounds like these characters are just talking. They're just telling us a thing. Like, then it doesn't feel like a natural conversation. Yeah, I agree. The one I'm talking about is where, like, the what's he called, the main guy? Um, Christian. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, Josh. Josh is like a um, student, and, and he's really interested in, in, like, all this, all these rituals from... I mean, he's doing his thesis. master's thesis yeah. about this place and these rituals. That's why they're going there. So he's intellectual, and he's really into it. Like he's he's like this is amazing. I'm I'm he's into it. He's reading everything about it. He's absorbing it all. And then Christian's kind of like comes in and he's like, yeah, I'm going to do that as Christian's well. Christian's a dick. Christian's like, I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> I'm going to do my thesis on this. And he's like, no, you get your own thing. I'm in this. You just want to like ride my coattails kind of thing. And that to me, that conversation felt like Ariasta talking. To a psychiatrist about <laughs> what happened to him. Listen to you. Do you know what I'm saying? Though there's um, that, and there's also of, the I relationship. About the talking to a therapist about it, but I get what you're saying. It sounds like the therapist is us, the audience. Like, like I'm spilling out like a like personal. this guy, this person did this to me once, and this is really jerky, and it bugs me. Yeah. So here it is. I'm getting it out there, and that's it. It's gone now. I'm the same with this relationship, the core relationship in the movie. Like, the very final shot of the movie feels like the end of the relation, uh, the end of a re- whatever relationship, right? Not, mm. not particularly the relationship in this movie, even. Maybe Ariasta's relationship, or definitely Ariasta's relationship in some way. Mm. And again, that felt a bit too on the nose for me. Like, it's like, oh, oh, that's what it's about. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it felt like, whoa, preach it. Yeah. Preach it. Yeah, it felt a bit too like, <laughs> you know, when when filmmakers well, try. Well, since we're saying spoilers, here's the deal: the relationship isn't great. He's kind of a dick because he forgets stuff. He she doesn't feel he's emotionally available to her. He's portrayed as a bit of a like, he's fine, but he doesn't really. He's just kind of a jerk. I mean, he he might have a he forgets eye. how long they've been together. He's desperate to kind of like not let her go because then he'll be alone, which I think is pathetic, and then. Oh, he does have a roving eye because he looks at yep, the waitresses. He looks at other women, the and then it's like, uh, but he. D- I mean, we have no indication that he's doing anything. No, at all. but still. until the the one thing with yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the group of women. But so the idea is, she's just caught, and then he'll say shit, and she looks at him like, "What is wrong with you?" Like he forgets her birthday, he forgets how long they've been together, he forgets. He also dismisses her when she says things like. Telling her, telling him about her sister's email, and he's like, "Oh, it'll be fine." Well, it oh, wasn't. It she- wasn't. Spoiler. And then throughout the movie, he's just dismissive of her. So therefore, she's feeling like he's not paying enough attention to her, and her needs are a little more important. She gets a little bit of power in the movie, yeah. And the- thus, the payback is like "fuck you," basically, and that sort of is my biggest, biggest complaint. My second biggest complaint is that it was like, oh, that's this? This is what that's about? And that directly felt like somebody writing it down, typing it on their laptop as the writer, going, you know what? Yeah, it <laughs> like, like the very last look on her face 
yeah. is where is where I went. Well, there's there'd been various times in the movie where I was like, okay, we're dealing with this relationship again. He's a bit of a dick. Oh look, he's not paying attention to her. Oh look, she's seeking. She's going elsewhere for a correct. Which which elsewhere involves her taking drugs sometimes and going dancing with these other ladies. And there's something about. But that's that. not her avoiding him. That's no. just she's getting. They're sweeping her into yeah, their right. Like she feels wanted by them. And in fact, that was all by design, we find yeah. out. But um, yeah, she feels like, because even what's-his-face, the Pele guy who's a total jerk, um, even with his Swedish accent, um, he's like, they're, they're my real family. Because it's a commune, so you're not raised by anyone in your actual family. Oh, no. You're separated from your parents at birth, and then you're raised in a commune in this, you know... And make it clear that ba- everybody looks after yeah, a baby, not but just he one. T- he touches her heart as in you've never felt cared about in your family or with your relationship. And so here we are. You know when the, one of the creepiest moments for me, and you you might, I don't know, it's so creepy. When she becomes the queen and they put the, the crown on her. Yeah, that's bring creepy her forward, enough. And all the women start like kissing her and stuff. And then he comes along, Pele, and he kisses her kind of romantically. Yeah, like, mm. Yeah, and it's really weird because nobody else does, just him. It's like he's been waiting for it. And, like, now she's the queen, he's going to, oh, God, it was really, I was like, ugh, get off her. But um, there's some, it, yeah, it's like we watched Mother, and it was like an allegory for something else. Like, what you're seeing on the screen is not necessarily what it's about. This is the same here. This is... What you see is this... Maybe you see it straight up as a horror film and you don't notice the relationship story. I don't see how you couldn't because it's very... It's yeah. not hidden, is it? It's very, like, obvious what's no, going on. No, but it's sort of clumsily done in a way that if it stands out... Okay, you have the ones that are directly... Real, you know, you can, you've got the couple who are screaming at each other or the couple who are new to each other. And now they're put in a horror situation where they want to protect one another. So that brings it right to the front, right? Right. This is like her trying to be clever and make it about all this crazy shit. But then every once in a while, just remind you of her feelings. It's not about him. He is a cardboard cutout of a semi-jerky, neutral, kind of nothing guy. If I'm honest, he's just. But that's what's interesting, I think, because he is kind of ordinary. There's nothing. He's not just ordinary. He's super boring. Which is good because Mm. he's like a real person. Um, I don't think he's like a real person at all. I I do a really boring, like ordinary person. Like, like there's nothing like. Oh, he's not flashy or anything. He could just be a person you know. Like, Mm. that's how I saw him. Well, you're a dude, right? He's not he's not like a normal person, no. He's vapid. Like there's nothing to Which him. Which there are many vapid. Right, but I mean like him. ultra vapid, as in nothing, nothing, you know? So I didn't really identify with that part. So you keep reminding us that he's that, and I'm like, well, yeah, then I mean, something needs to happen. There's some really obvious stuff in the movie that kept that did jut out at me a lot. One of them was when you know, the newer couple were walking along and they were kind of their arms around each other and these two were all, they were never, to, they were spaced apart walking in front of them. Always, yeah. And those, the older, the newer couple said, how long have you two been together? And he said about four years or whatever it was. No, and he said three and a yeah, half. Yeah, yeah, there was a, like, 
might be three years, might be four. He, he wasn't too sure, was he? He was wrong. Right. So, but the fact that it showed you them, oh, they're the couple, they're a couple and they're together and these couple are walking really far apart. They kept doing that in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't much of a connection between them. And then there was the obvious stuff where she walks up to tell him something and he just carries on a conversation with a guy. Also, don't to. forget the friend, Rambo guy, yeah. said to him, maybe you find a woman who actually likes to have sex or wants to have sex. Yeah. So there's that in his mind. You have to always call back to that because he's, you know. And then, then there's her at the beginning when she's on the phone and she's talking and she's saying, you know, maybe I'm too needy for him and all that stuff, isn't it, as well? Mm-hmm. So she, she, th- she even is kind of thinking, well, he's not very responsive to me, but maybe I'm too needy. You know, there's all that. The relationship stuff's pretty heavy, I guess, start to finish, isn't it? True. But within that, that is this which is a horror thing and an uneasy thing. And you could separate them both out and say, this is like the relationship and this is this. Mm, I don't know. If you remove the relationship, would it still be as horrific? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You could separate it out. Mm, is that what you meant? What? I don't know what you mean. Like, there's, there's this relationship thread of an idea that's in here. Which is obviously the main idea of the story, and then he's gone to it and said and thought, "Well, how can I apply that to a, like a horror thing?" And then this horror thing is incidental to the relationship, really. But if you split them in half, would both movies work? No, the relationship but, movie would not work because it's it's not dynamic enough, right? Um, it's just it's just nothing to it except. What can he confirmed afterwards? As I'm watching it, I felt it, and then he said it. He was writing it because he was pissed off with his partner who he broke up with. It felt like that the whole time. That's all it was about. Like I'm needy, and you're not su- fulfilling my needs, and now I get to get revenge on you. There's nothing. There's not a good. Re- that's not. There's nothing to that. There's no story to that, is there? But you no. wrap it in this horror movie where she gets some power, gets the opportunity. And there you go. Now, and then, you know, we just discussed a lot of stuff that might sound negative, but I really liked it a lot. Oh, I did too. I, yeah. love, I really love it, but I don't think that's negative. I think that's like... Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, there is a, an element of, like, what what do you call it? Like, self... Absolutely. Like, what's the word? <laughs> I'm, I'm blanking. Self... Selfishness or something, like, when you... Not selfishness. Yeah. You, you know what I'm talking up about. Up your own ass is what I call it. You probably wouldn't be so bold. But, no. uh <laughs> Self-indulgence. Yes, that is, is correct. Correct. So there's a total... There's a, that's the part where you might say, oh, well, it's a bit pretentious. Correct. You know, when you watch a Woody Allen film and you I can like, totally identify with people who would say that, except that I happen to like it as a whole. Yeah, so. when you watch a Woody Allen film and you're like, hold on a second... This whole movie about tennis is really about Woody Woody's uh, relationship with some other woman that you know about. Like, hold on, he's just talking about himself. That's out kind of the yeah. same scenario. Yeah. So there's that, and if you don't jibe with that, it might you might just think, oh, this movie's ham-fisted and sucks. But I don't feel like I've seen anything like this. You know the way it is um, presented to you. Well, he did. You did watch that other guy review talk about that other movie. So I guess it. I mean, I did even say to you before I even saw that, I said, I can only think of one other movie with like pagan rituals and it's the Wicker Man from the 70s. 
and you said you hadn't seen it. Yeah. There's also a remake with Nicolas Cage of The Wicker Man. I never saw that, though. I only saw the 70s one. And it's not similar to this. There's pagan rituals and there's some sex stuff, but it's not quite like this. But um, you don't see this very... I mean, I don't feel like you see this topic very often in horror, even. Also, like, New Suspiria. That kind of, like... New Suspiria came into my mind so many times during this movie. Because you know what? New Suspiria, I really like too. But it is so pretentious, right? When (laughs) when you're watching it, you're like, what is... What? What it is, is that what I was saying, (laughs) that you... Somebody gets in their head, oh my god, wouldn't this be awesome to see this image... On film. (gasps) Now, how do we squeeze this into a story? How do we get these crazy witches dancing naked? You know, whatever. That's a, like like you start with a scene and build a story around it. And I think that's what happens in a lot of these. Where you start feeling it. It's not like we wrote the story. Like a really good foundation of a story. And then built the look of the movie, how we tell the story, the style of the shots. None of that. It starts with style over substance. There was, even though I like the substance of this one too. Well, there was definitely a moment in this movie where I I didn't say it, but I was going to say to you, this would make an excellent double bill with New Suspiria. <laughs> like you watch this and then New Suspiria. Yeah, they're both three hours long nearly. But you would have had this really effed up... It, the imagery contained within that one and this one is enough to give you a nightmare, like the whole <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> so, I don't know if a lot of people could handle that combo. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty intense. Both of them are intense. Mm. In an artsy way, also. This movie's quite, quite artsy. Quite. And it is also quite slow-paced, which I really like. I said to you, oh, we've, it went a whole hour. Like, the whole first hour is just build-up. Like, nothing really happens. It's just, well... Aside from the first five minutes, which is really intense. But after that, I like that hour of build-up because you get to know them. They actually have a, they take some mushrooms under a tree and they get to, they do some drugs and it gets a bit Which weird. Which also, we were just like, why do you keep drinking and taking everything someone hands There's a lot of that going on. Who are these people? Who does this? There's are a- you going? Because when they started that, I'm like, is that what this all is? Like, are we if we start with the drugs, then are we supposed to... Wonder if everything after this is real? Yeah, um, you know, when I had a moment of thing with that too, is every night when she kept asking for a sleeping pill. Yeah. I kept thinking, okay, eventually she's so doped up that what mm. we're going to see is not something that's really happening. Oh. But that is actually that. what you see is real. <laughs> there is no... It, True. Everything that happens, happens. It's, it, there's no, oh, it's all... There's nothing at the end to say, oh no, this was just all an LSD trip. Because they do a bunch of LSD, don't they? I mean, mm-hmm. they do mushrooms. They do some tea that is really, like, effed up because she drinks it. And within, like, a minute, she's tripping balls, right? She's like, <laughs> You know, she's balls. dancing around. She's like, Ugh. So they've got some hardcore drugs, these people. that they And I <laughs> there's many moments in this movie where they go, here, have this drink. And the person goes, thanks. Finally, somebody but, questioned it. And I was like, finally? Yeah, the person goes, thanks, and drinks it. And then they're like, oh. oh. <laughs> it's not, and it's not just a shot of vodka. It's like some hallucinogen or something. Yeah, exactly. To keep them all. Especially Christian, that thing that where he even questions it. Yep, that's what I said. Finally, yeah. someone questions it. Yeah, what does he say? He asks him questions about it. What does it oh, do? No, what says, is it made of? He says, like, I don't, when that girl comes up with it, 
and he sat down and he, she says, just have this is, is you know. Yeah, he, he said, what's in it and what's it going to do to me? And, and then, then he, he says, says, okay, fine, I'll drink it. No, he says, I'm a, she says, why? And he says, I'm afraid I might have a bad trip. And she says, no, you won't. And then what does he do? He drinks it. Has a bad trip, right? It's terrible. What happens next? Well, that's not from the drugs. No, when he sat, <laughs> it is from the drugs when he sat at the table. And that guy goes, Whoa, like that in his face. True. He's, he's, I mean, he's, he, the first thing I thought, you know, when he sat at the table and she's the queen and he's over there and he's kind of like, you know, when somebody's like out of it and they look like they're going to be sick or they look like they're going to like curl up in a ball and get under the table. At first I thought he was getting a blowjob from that woman. I kind of did too. Did you? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's what I thought was occurring. The, the ginger haired woman was under the table and that was going to be like revealed. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. And everyone's fine with that because they're all very fine with all these weird things yeah. happening. Sex is a, not a private issue. We'll put I, it that way. I would say it's... Yeah. It's, Sex is not uh, <laughs> for you and your partner only. No. It's for it's for all to share. Well, not to share, but to spectate, Experience. let's say. Experience. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's, if you're offended by, like, nudity, there's a bunch of that. Including full frontal male nudity, right? True. There's, um, if you're offended by like gruesome things, there's a bunch of that. Yep. Squished heads and grossness. An implication of things? Yes. Just the thought of things? Um, I liked it when he clearly, like, he's, the, the guy who's doing his thesis is asking that elder guy, like, about how it all operates. And then he says, like, what about, about them having kids? Remember? Yep. And he goes, yeah, all the kids are born from incest. And no, just, no, not all the kids. Only the kid. The that, elder kid. The kid that's wise, like the. Yeah. Like their shaman or whatever. Like their. Only the, that one is. Yeah, but he but he just says it real naturally. He's like, oh, they're inbred. He just says it like it's nothing. And that guy's like, oh, okay. Like, just. Yeah. You can see that guy wants to know everything because he's a like, scholar. But like he's I mean I didn't get any scholarliness from But he's his semi behavior. afraid to ask everything. Yeah. No, I got loads of scholar like he I mean he asked a lot of questions and he wanted to do his thesis, but he wasn't like enthusiasm. super nerdy or anything. No, but he was so enthusiastic he, he so wanted to he was the only person who was really interested in it. Like Well he had to be that's why he was there. Yeah, and the other guys like you know, one of the guys was really there just to party, right? Like can get some drugs and get some drink. Don't know why Christian was there 100%, what, just to repair his relationship, possibly? No, he wasn't going to take her. She wasn't invited. Yeah, so he was going for, like, the crack, basically, right? The crack? Yeah. I didn't see the crack. That's an English uh, expression for, like, the fun, fun, the alcohol, the the girls, whatever it is. I liked the, um, it's one of my favorite parts of the movie, when the camera's panning, and then there's, like, a paint, like, a, it's almost like a cave painting, but it's on a canvas. Oh yeah! And the camera goes along <laughs> it, and it and its panels like a comic, but <laughs> but it tells a story. It's hand stitched on there, like. And the story is like you're like, oh okay, oh uh, oh oh, ugh, ugh. and pubic, then pubic hair and pie. Yeah, <laughs> what um what is on the thing is like is going to happen in the next twenty minutes. Yes, in, in, in is a movie. premonition, <laughs> foreshadowing. It's so good though. I was like, oh. Because it starts off, kind of. The thing is, if you aren't looking at those panels, as if you just were glancing at that while it's going across, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's just some more artwork. Because it only lasts a few seconds. 
you wouldn't then later start spotting the things that are happening from that panel. No, but the panel was like, and then they sit down to eat some pies and you're like, oh, I just saw that panel. Oh, <laughs> and it's, it's no, I didn't think of that until he picked out the hair. And oh, I was like, oh. I, I was like, oh, they're but the drink. Pies. I was like, oh, yeah, there are some grossy kind of even though that's it's not overly gross. The whole thought of it is gross. It's not like gross out like they bite into a pie and it's there's a hand inside it or some stupid. Well, know. there's a foot sticking out of the dirt. There is a foot sticking out of the dirt. And in the chicken shed was pretty bad. Yeah, that was unexpected and completely doesn't make any sense. There's some really like oh, visual. I think like that thing that you said to me. It's just visually like yuck. Yeah, somebody said, "Oh yeah. my god, I made a sketch of this. Can we do this?" Yeah, and that's so gross. Like, yeah, let's and do people it. will go, "Ugh," and you will go, "Ugh," because there are some horrible things. Um, so yeah, it's pretty. I don't know. I think I like it. I think I like it more the more I think of it as well. But you don't like it more than Hereditary. No, because it's. I don't. F- Hereditary was quite horrific to me. Like mm-hmm. it was quite scary. Like it was also very um, unpredictable. Now, where this goes, like was, you know, I didn't see it exactly in my head how how it was ending. It wasn't exactly like that in my head, but it was similar to what happened <laughs> at the end. You know. Like, so that means it was fairly predictable once the shit got underway. Yeah. You know, I was like, well, we've seen, it starts off, you know, and they're in the car and they're driving there and you're like, oh, well, there's the one guy who's funny and there's the guy. And somebody even said in the extras, oh, he tries to not make people caricatures, but they're very caricature. Oh, they were totally caricatures. Because you got like the student and the funny guy and even uh, her even though she's she appears to be more complex because what we know of right. her what she's gone through that turned her into a two-dimensional character as in that is either the reason for all of her trauma and her needs that are going to be fulfilled either from this place or from this guy or she caused all that shit to happen and that's just we don't ever really I liked figure that out. I liked how they didn't like sexualize her though. No, no, I like that. Which too. they do. It was very obvious though. It was very obvious they weren't sexualizing her because she was the way she dressed or whatever. In fact, she had pants on like I have on right now. Yeah, real droopy pants. Super droopy. Yeah. <laughs> super droopy. But pants. I like that. I kept, I kept looking at her and going, "Okay, you know, they she in and in a other movie like you know with a bunch of teens go to a thing and well, these aren't I, teens, but yeah, yeah, she would be like the cheerleader chick." Or whatever. And in this, she's not. And she's not... I mean, she's not even involved. They don't have any sexuality with her at all, do they, really? I think him saying that in the beginning, like, you need a woman who wants to have sex, right. that kind of eliminated that altogether. Yeah. Um, so... Well, there was sex, but not with her. Not with her, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, they didn't ever go to like, oh, well, she's going to be nude now and dancing around. It didn't, it didn't superior it up. True. Right? In fact... Ultimately, she's about as covered as you can get. Yeah, literally, <laughs> like just a head sticking out, right? Yeah. Not, big... No, not just her head, as if she's been beheaded. No, I mean, just, <laughs> I mean, like she's so covered up, you can only see a head. Yeah, and even a head has got flowers on top of it. Correct. So it's not really. It's just her face. <laughs> so yeah, they de they de you know everything they can to make her look odd. I love that shot though. I would have that as a wallpaper on my desktop. You know where she's kind of like a caterpillar crawling along? Because she's stuck in that 
flower dress. Well, it's not a flower dress. It's a dress made out of flowers. It's not even a dress. No, it's, it's like, like a, a pile of flowers that she's I feel like it's tied like a, into. A dress prison. I mean, a flower it's like, prison. It's like this. The poofed out hoop skirts of like the late um, 19th century. You know, from your waist out, it poofed way out like to make this big... Um, like yeah. a Disney princess dress, right? But that up to her neck. Yeah. And then that down to the ground, completely covered with fresh flowers. It's, it's and then co- with no hands or anything, just to her neck, like you've got a big hooped skirt around your neck down to the floor and a big flower thing on your head. And it's a visual you will never forget. In front of a burning bar. And she's walking across the screen in it. And you're like, whoa. It got me a weird vibe of human centipede, and I don't know why. Yeah, there was a Because there was no centipeding going on, but it was this weird struggle of, like, I don't know. It was very inhumane. Yeah, it was strange. Um, so, moving on to the cast. And you love it so much, you'd have it as a desktop. <laughs> yeah, I would totally have that as a desktop wallpaper. It's so cool looking. With the That's burning barn. Interesting. And the flowery, and the really, you know, like I say, every shot in this apart from the beginning, is broad daylight, sunny skies. There's nothing you can't see. But again, sometimes to the detriment, because those corpses that they had in wheelbarrows, yeah. look, look, to me at first, I was like, are they just effigies? Like, is that... They were actually supposed to be them. Yeah, but was there a moment where you were like, oh, they're just like no, dummy... No, I just thought they were bad. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Uh, weirdly, one or two of them were pretty good, and then... One or two of them were pretty bad. It was like a mix. Um, so uh, Florence Pugh, who is literally the heart of the movie, and I think she is fantastic. I've never seen her before. Have you? Don't know for sure. I mean, I looked at what she'd been in, um, and she's been in some. Brit- she's British. She's been in some British like drama, but I've never actually seen her in anything. And I think she was amazing. She. When she had to cry, uh, there was a crying part at the beginning. I don't think you agreed with me, but I think it was like the best crying I've ever seen. I'm not saying it's not good crying. I'm saying that he used that in Hereditary also. So he has a thing for women wailing and the kind of loss she was experiencing, I can't speak to. However, in life, although we are we establish that she is very needy and emotionally sort of like um, a clinger a little bit. You know, a little clingy, a little over. Yeah, it seemed completely right. Demanding. That that might make more sense if I think about her as a whole person, but that wailing. Oh, it felt so real to me. I'm not saying it isn't real as in she wasn't doing it. I'm saying, have you ever in your life heard anyone cry like that? I think ever? you might have heard children cry like that, yeah. Children, yeah, because children are fucked up. They don't know anything. They don't know how bad they don't have it. Right. She's an adult. And while her tragedy is bad... It's the worst. A tragedy It's not the, the worst. It was, it's her sister and her parents, which is horrible. But yeah, it's not horrible. like all of her children died or her... You know? So, to me, because in, in Hereditary, that's where that primal scream cry comes from. Um, but again, I can't speak to that kind of loss. I just feel like he likes that and thinks that's real. I also think it's kind of... It's distressing. It's that, very distressing. In fact, that whole beginning sequence there where, where the camera's panning slowly towards the window and she's crying on the lap of Christian and then the camera's moving towards the window and there's this really weird noise like... Yeah, it's going along with it. Like that. And it's it, just that whole thing's kind of overwhelming a little bit. You're like, whoa. 
you know what like this is kind of creepy you know when we've talked about um irreversible how it has that weird noise to make mm-hmm. you feel uneasy that's how that felt to me like i'm like oh please stop with the noise but again i'm enjoying it so uh did you like her i think she was fantastic yes, she's I thought she was really good she yeah. was very compelling i was convinced about her emotional reactions other than the wailing yeah and definitely um like some of the other characters like we said they're a bit two-dimensional if it it hurt she's the heart of the movie and it keeps going back to her and every time it went back to her i was like oh okay i'm glad we're checking in with her again because she's the most real kind of person here and i think that just might be because it starts with her thing and you kind of feel for her whereas you don't for the other people yeah um jack rayner plays christian we last saw him in sing street i think he did a good job of playing somebody who's really wishy-washy (laughs) <laughs> I think it was a bit too cardboardy, to be honest. I mean, he had moments where he was it was good, but then I felt like he did the a good moments job. where he it was like he was being intentionally dismissive, as if he had a different plan going on, right? And as you find out, he doesn't. It's just him. So is that misdirection? I don't know, but it was very intentional to me. I really like to be dismissive of her, as in. This- like how some people were looking at him and stuff. When you find out that the victims are have been lured in and everyone is in on it, right? So the victims, from the time they've been met, everyone knows what's going to happen to them. So they treat them with this weird kind of like glowy smile and like they pat them and touch them, you know. And he talked to her like that occasionally. And so I thought, is he in on all this? And so now he doesn't have to even try is that what's going on here? Like, this is the end, so who cares? But I just felt he was a bit... I don't know what his direction was to get him to be that that, that emptying. I thought he was awesome at being uh, on LSD, drug, whatever it was. That, where he had to... Occasionally. Other times it's a little whole much. The whole last 20 minutes where he's completely wasted and he's sat at that table and everything that goes from there onwards... I thought he did exceptional, including the sex scene that was so weird. Um, Very weird. He wandered around naked for a bit, like running about. <laughs> the whole thing was like kind of demanding, I thought, for somebody. It's like, oh, this is so, like, you know when they have a closed set for like actors when they have to get nude and stuff? Would that have been a closed set? <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty open, that place. And there was people all over the place when he's running around. With his, you know, completely naked running around. So, um, Will Poulter plays Mark. We know Will Poulter, right? Son of Rambo. Mm-hmm. What else was he in? Oh, he was in um, Bandersnatch. He was the main character mm. in Bandersnatch. Black Mirror. Yeah. Um, Not my favorite. What did you think of Will Poulter here? He was, again, two-dimensional. Why did he have to be American? Why did any of them have to be American? Yeah, they're Is it all just British. just because they're fodder? Because <laughs> they start in America? Why can't they just be from England? Because there's two British people. <laughs> like, yeah. what? Why can't they just be from England? Because it's even closer to them to go to. I, mean, I don't know if they care about the geology or geography of it. I'm just thinking, why do you have to take people who are from England who have British accents, I turn think, them into Americans, when that has nothing to I, do with the story. I feel like American um, producers and movie studios are like, well, we won't understand the Irish guy, so... Well, we in can- fact, they do all have different accents. Right. But still, just let's get over this whole thing. They don't... If the 
if the script doesn't specifically ride on the fact that they are from a certain country, just let them be. Oh, here's another thing. country they're from. If you need Americans, get some Americans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you need British people, get British ones. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind them doing the accent. Because they were all British. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they. Um, I put down Connie as well, played by Laura Torchia. She's not in it a lot, but she's also British. Yeah, well, they, she was playing a British person. Yeah. They're from London. That's the only... Those two. Yeah, ones. that's what I'm saying. They had two British people who Josh. were British. Josh and, then, and Connie, right? I don't know. Didn't save their names because I knew they were expendable. Uh, <laughs> Wilhelm Blomgren plays Pele. He's the creepiest motherfucker. Creepy! I knew he was creepy from the opening scene where he was drawing in his book. He hides it, and then he's like, oh, and then he was like, it. so trying to be so charismatic when he talked to her. Ugh. I was like, no, this is creepy. He's trying. He's doing something. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing something. Yeah, and he's all the time. And that, I told you that scene where he kisses her on the mouth. I was like, oh, what are like, you doing? Yeah. So if you want to see a creepy motherfucker, it's that guy. <laughs> So this is directed by Ari Aster. He did Hereditary and a bunch of short films, which I'm now interested in seeing. Um, I like the direction of this. Aside from that pretentious subplot, as you or you could call it the main plot. But um, the direction and the cinematography and the art direction and the costumes, everything about this is it scream, it's quality, right? It doesn't look cheap. In fact, was it cheap? Don't know. Because this is like an indie movie, really, isn't it? It's not like a big, giant Hollywood movie. Well, it's A24. I don't know how they classify their movies. Yeah, their movies are more budget-conscious, really. They're not like, you know, they're not the Avengers. But um, it just looks fantastic. It's like every all the scenes outdoors with the flowers and the, you know, non-grizzly stuff. They're all wallpapers for your desktop. <laughs> it's just beautiful all the time. And, and I, I like the really, like, some again, some people will say it's really slow and boring. But there's a lot of camera shots that just are very, we're just going to look around this whole place here for two minutes now. Yeah, and I And we're like going that, very too. slowly around. And, here's some, and you hear stuff in the speakers. You're like, oh, they're just having a conversation about milk over there and like there's different things going on and it- i mean i think everything should be mattering to you you should be listening and paying attention because everything means something right it's and not the, just there for there's no a reason. lot of that in this movie though. yeah there's a lot of surround sound stuff where there's you can hear conversations being had and i bet if you go back and watch this a second time you're like oh god what are they talking about you know because and it's also full of like symbols and yeah I feel like there's loads of stuff. Like well, It's a folk art that if you really look all around all the sets, you might get more of a picture before the shit hits the fan of what's going to happen. Yeah, I was thinking I really need to see this with a director's commentary. Unfortunately, there isn't one, but not on this Blu-ray at least. So um, IMDb reviews, what are they? Oh, they're reviews people write mm. on IMDb. And for your purposes, you get the one star ones or some of them. Read them with a funny voice. Why don't we get these one-star people here to do it for themselves if we're putting on an accent <laughs> to be them? Yeah. And then you make fun of them because you're basically saying they're wrong and I'm right because I liked it. Mm. But sometimes we agree with them 
because, you know, not everything's great. All right, so number one. Number one says, terrible. It's quite possibly the most boring film I've watched in a long time. You know it's bad when the audience start laughing. Watch something else. Anything. That's what that guy says. It's bad when the audience starts laughing. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are moments of humor in this movie. Maybe you're watching it with idiots. There, there are some funny parts. It's not all, like, serious and terrible. True, but I mean, so what if people laugh? I mean, people laugh because they're uncomfortable. People laugh when yeah, they don't understand something. I feel like you'd be uncomfortable many times if you're a mainstream kind of... If you're used to, like, watching The Conjuring, that kind of movie, and it's scare a minute, you know? There'll be moments in this where you're like, why are we just looking at this table for a minute? What, mm. what are they all doing? Nobody's doing anything. But would they make you laugh? I don't know. And maybe if you're uncomfortable, like you said, you get uncomfortable and then you're like, ah, ah, you know. And it's- some people like to laugh because they think they're really clever and like they're going to laugh because they want to make everyone else who's taking it seriously feel like an idiot. You know? Yeah. Those people exist. Uh, this person says... This movie was a total disappointment. A rating of seven is a total joke. The writer must have been on a very bad drug trip. The story is not suspenseful or interesting. A huge bore coupled with gratuitous violence and gore. Bore and gore. Yeah. Our favorite. That, that should be a new, um, a <laughs> a new, new genre. category. Yeah. Bore and gore. One of the worst movies I've seen in a long time. Over long, and the story makes no sense at all. It seems the movie has a beginning and a middle, but no end. I'm surprised by so many good reviews. Who would give this a 7.5? Not me. I would give it about a 6.5. Oh, I would give this an 8. Really? Um, That's a bit high. See, I think I go with the average and think what's the middle of the road where I really like it, enjoy it, but there's nothing like... I'd Whoa. come back to this. And it's above that, but it's below others that I have ranked in the seven category. Now I want to watch Hereditary and this back-to-back to look at the mm. filmmaking um, stuff that I like to look at. Filmmaking stuff. That's very technical. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the, this, obviously there's a style to Ari Aster. You know, like Paul Thomas Anderson has a very distinct style. This mm-hmm. guy really has a style. True. Um, What else we got here? The only thing mysterious about this film is how the director gets away with making them. What else we got? This movie. I think he just, the director guy just got a little too personal on this one, maybe, you know, for it to feel as good as Hereditary did. (laughs) This movie starts out as okay, but then gets worse and worse. You're always waiting for it to get better go somewhere, or develop. And it never does. How they got the cast to act in this film, I'll never know. Don't waste your money watching this film. You will see it as time you can never get back. Oh, it's the time you can never it's get that, back. that. That old chestnut. That's two hours of my life I'll never Oh, here's this person. Two hours of my summer was wasted. <laughs> I went to watch it with high expectations after such high ratings and reviews. It's not, it is one of the worst movies of the year. We waited and waited for something to happen, but nothing happened. All in all, it was a sheer disappointment. There's a scene where the hero is asked to have sex with a weirdo girl. And at that point, everyone in the theater started laughing. 
I don't know why they would start laughing at that scene. It's I mean, so it, it's very uncomfortable, and yeah. and it does look ridiculous. But then I had to remind myself this is a ritual that this fictional culture has developed, and from their point of view. It is not ridiculous. And so I'm an observer, not just of the fictional, you know, it's made up. It isn't real. But if I were standing there and this was real, it would be something you have to go like, right. So this is the thing. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> you know? is what this is one of my favorite things in this movie. And you have to be like listening it on a surround sound system. Right. So there's this weird sex scene going on in this barn. And... That might be enough to get people to watch it right there. Yeah, and there's, <laughs> there's, they're all, he's having sex with this woman, and there's a bunch of other naked women in the room all making kind of suggestive noises. Well, they're kind of chanting a little bit. They're like, ooh. Yeah. Well, the deal is this when the person who's having the experience starts to make any noise, just like when she was crying, they start mimicking yeah. her sounds. Then this woman has been have had sex with starts making a grunting sound. They start mimicking that right. sound, and then they make it a group thing. So there's a group grunting sound, <laughs> and our hero is doing the deed in this room, and the grunting sounds coming, and then it cuts to outside where the she's been our heroine has been named the queen of the place, and she's just on her way back from this ceremony. And just very, very quietly, you can hear the barn making that noise. Yeah. It's so small, but you know in your mind, oh, this shit, like that shit's not ended in the barn yet. Because <laughs> it could have. When, when she hears it, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then you, you can hear it so quiet. And then she runs towards and it just starts getting louder and louder. And it's like, oh. You're like, no, 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 <laughs> don't, don't, look don't in go there. there, don't go there, don't go there. No. Well, I'll do look in there because that might be the magic key to getting out of everything, right? Which mm. it kind of is in the movie. True. Once she realizes that, she's like, oh, he's no good, right? <laughs> yeah. So I like that. But you have to really, maybe in headphones or like listening to it in headphones or listening to it on surround sound too. It's just a subtle thing where you're like, oh God, it's still going on over there. So um, yeah, that's the IMDb reviews. Uh, it's a very divisive film on IMDb. There's people like me who really love this sort of stuff, and then there's like the one out of tens who were like, "Well, we went to see a horror movie, and then we came out, and this was weird. We don't really get it or understand it." <laughs> yeah, but would they understand? Um, it follows either. Well, again, that's like that's kind of artsy, mm. more than like, and next week's movie, Annabelle Come Home. It's a mainstream it's horror a movie demonic right? doll that kills people yeah you kind of know what yeah. to expect you know what you're gonna get you know you'll be you know it'll be well made and there'll be some screen you know some jump scares and stuff this movie doesn't have jump scares or anything like that so i guess it's asking more from you it's not like yes goodness forbid yeah <laughs> and if movies challenge people in any way sometimes that's when the one out of tens show up right that's when people are like true I don't understand what i'm looking at this is not what i'm used to um, so, extras on the Blu-ray. There is no 4K release, just Blu-ray. Not sure why, because this is a really gorgeous movie. Um, maybe later. Maybe that director's cut that they're talking about with the extra half an hour mm. later on. So, it says... Oh, they're actually not... There's an extra called Let the Festivities Begin, Manifesting Midsummer Or Midsummer. Um... And it's a making of, it's about 20 minutes long. It's pretty, 
what you'd expect, right? Yeah. Nothing really. You do get to hear Ariasta speak a bit, which is cool. And then there's the bear in a cage promo, which I'm not 100% sure what that is. It's kind of funny. It's kind of promoting this movie, but it mm, kind of makes kind it Kind of weird. Kind of funny and odd. And if I'm saying it's weird, yeah. that's weird. Maybe maybe it's the winner of a contest or something. The, <laughs> I don't Listen know. Listen to you making shit up. You have no idea. But it, when you watch it, you'll be like, well, this isn't fit the Or you have to me. buy the website like years in advance of making a movie these days. Maybe they just had to have something to go on their whatever accounts and they made that. There's a bear Again, in a cage. Again, I'm making shit up. In this movie, there's a legitimate bear in a cage. Well, we don't know if it's a real bear. but Might be a CGI bear. Yeah. But this weird little promo is about a little toy with a bear in a cage that's kind of promoting it off this movie. It's funny. Is it funny? No. I don't know. <laughs> it's not funny just because you said so. So, um, in conclusion, I'm really recommending this. I think it's... I think you'll remember this for... You will not recommend this to all the people you know, because you know what the reaction will no, be. No, I mean, I'd recommend... I, if you're a fan of... If you really like what you saw with Hereditary... <laughs> That's a very small group Ari of Aster, people. <laughs> um, if you like independent horror s- sort of stuff with a really glossy... This is quite glossy for an independent horror, though, isn't it? It's it's mm-hmm. quite it's quite lavish. Oh yeah, I watch my share of non-glossy horror every year. Yeah, um, it's it, it's unlike what stuff that you see. Really, I feel like you'll remember it, even if you don't love it. I think like even you'll remember it at the end of the year. You'll be like, oh yeah, that one is cool. As long as it's on my spreadsheet, I'll remember it. So um, yeah, I recommend it, and you. Um, it's very specific. I don't know. I don't know who I would recommend it to. I'm becoming, Ari Aster's becoming one of my favorites. After two movies. In Yeah, after two, seriously, after two movies, I'm like, what the hell is coming next? Yeah, but you actually have no idea. Unlike Jordan Peele, which I actually started to dislike. You know, get what I'm saying? Yeah. I know everybody loves Jordan Peele's horror movies, but I think they got worse. I think it got worse. (laughs) Yeah, but that's very personal opinion about a very personal part of the I whole thought subject. Get Out was okay, and then I thought Us was not as good. Then or maybe, did, maybe. So you were never a big fan of his? No. All right, so nothing changed. Well, it He got hasn't worse. convinced you yet to be a big fan. That's all that's happened. Yeah, well, Ari Aster convinced me, and I definitely want to see what's coming next. And I really do hope that it's not a horror movie, and it's just something else. Because I th- feel like he could, you know, could be anything, right? could be sci-fi uh, yeah i don't know why that puzzles you of course anyone can do anything they yeah, want yeah well it, it it doesn't puzzle me i'm not <laughs> stupid but i know but you're like well maybe you could do something else of course again what i'm saying is people get stuck in a box and a groove because of success oh well this did good and that did good so we'll give you the money if you make something else along those lines just like it so we can make more money yeah that happens totally yeah and, and that's not always the greatest thing for film, is it? Like, because, no. you know, I do feel like he is, I mean, this is so, it's very different from Hereditary. It's not like he went off and made another one of those. <laughs> you got to say, it's very different, right? He definitely Absolutely. turned a corner and did something else. Uh, also did it very quickly, within a year, got another movie out. So thanks to A24 and Lionsgate for sending us a copy for review. Next week, continuing our horror October. What else? Have you got any other clever name for... Is it Shocktober? <laughs> is it 
Is that clever? No. Okay. Is it <laughs> so... I like Hortober. <laughs> Hor- Horatober? No. Is that what you said? Hortober. <laughs> Just plain old Hortober. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anything. It's else. open to interpretation. <laughs> anyway, Annabelle Comes Home will be next week's horror Hortober. Hortober, see, you're on board. <laughs> Hortober. Uh, I'm going with my recommendations off the back of this movie. I'm going with Hereditary and The Exorcist, which is... The Exorcist is my favorite horror movie of all time. Um, This week, Red Letter Media, who are one of my favorite YouTube channels, they did a re-review, they call it, re-review, of The Exorcist. And I think even you watched it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. They go into detail. They show you a lot of behind-the-scenes, comparisons with other things. Um, You'll find it on YouTube. It's really, really good. I recommend it. So I recommend Hereditary, The Exorcist, and Red Letter Media's review, re-review of The Exorcist. Well, they just call it review, like R-E-V. Yeah. They go yeah. back and review. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yours are? Mine are... Let me look, because I forgot. I don't see any on here at all. They're on my other list. Uh, the Ritual, which is a movie I watched last year, which gives me a similar vibe to this. So if you like a group of unsuspecting people going into the woods and there's some crazy weird shit happening i.e. Blair Witch kind of a situation, but not exactly. It's kind of like this too. You get sucked into this like fish out of water, but in fact, they're just bait in a trap, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's called The Ritual. I f- think it's English. I mean, English speaking. I don't they're know. They're probably all American. I don't remember all of them. Pretending to be English. <laughs> yeah. Well, I watch a lot of like um, subtitled movies on Halloween time because I'm not afraid of subtitles. I do know how to read. And it, I find it quite fascinating. And then, you know what? I didn't pick another movie, so hold on. This movie had some subtitles. A few, yeah. Just occasionally when they were speaking Swedish. Yes, and we in. don't speak Swedish. Swedish. Yeah. And I don't have a good Swedish accent, so maybe I should never. So. I'm looking. Ira, I'll give you one. All right. I'll give you an- another horror film everybody should watch. The original Alien. I I recommend that last week, and I don't disagree. No. Because it is a combination, because I like sci-fi and space and horror. I mean, you know. Also, The Shining. I will give you that as a major classic. I don't know that if I watched The Shining again, I would be as impressed. It's very good, though. Hmm. It's really spooky. Like, it's really weird. And then I will recommend this, even though I didn't wasn't as in love with it. It was pretty good. The second one wasn't great. Like, the first one was pretty good. Is The Descent, which you, I think, really like. It's by Neil Marshall. Yeah. It's I would awesome. stick with just the first one. Don't watch the second one if, you're, if I, you want to stay in love with it. I don't even... Did Neil Marshall even make the second one? Or was it just a cash-in thing? Uh, let me see. The Descent Because the first one's story. really good. No, his name isn't on it. Right, I didn't think so. <laughs> it felt like it wasn't. Yeah. No, it did not. <laughs> it was sort of like, hey, we did a good thing. Let's yeah. keep telling the story. Yeah. That first one's really good. It's it's kind of effed up. And then a lot of mine are just bad, bad movies. Although, okay, I'm going to start off the month with this. Cabin Fever. Not the remake. Yeah. But the original, like as if that's from like thirty years ago or something. Um, Cabin Fever. We'll go with a, the one, a new classic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first one. Yeah, 
Made by the same guy. Um, what year was the original? Yeah, well, no, the sec- the remake wasn't directed by the same guy, but it was in- it was conceived by him. Right. Yeah. Like he wanted he wanted a remake. He didn't film it though. So 2016 looks like was the remake. Yeah. With Travis Zoran. The remake was pretty much the same thing. Yeah, like, it's the it same just, movie. It's just sort of modernized. Yeah, yeah modernized. A movie that was like 10 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kevin Fever, 2002. Yeah. That's the one. And it's always going to be the shaving scene. It's just because gross, yeah. I can think about it and it makes me go, oh my God, I grab my leg because, ow. Yeah, it's, it's like a like the Evil Dead has, like the remake of the Evil Dead is kind of gross all the time. That's gross too. Yeah, very gross. <laughs> so the ritual and Kevin Fever from 2002. All right. Games and A. Scully stuff. I've been playing this really cool game on the PS4. This is also available if you're an Apple iPhone person. It's something called Apple Arcade that is new. You can pay What's f- this Apple situation you're talking about? What are you talking about? If you have an iPhone or What's an iPhone? iPad. What's an iPhone? You can buy this <laughs> subscription service called Apple Arcade that recently came out. Do you think there's no one in the world who doesn't know what an iPhone is? No. There's nobody. <laughs> so this Apple Arcade is $5 a month and you get a bunch of games in it for your phone and your iPad. It's like a new thing that they're doing. And on that service, there's this game called Sayonara Wild Hearts. But it's also been released on the PS4 and the Switch. And I played it on the PS4. And you know how I'd describe it? If you like uh, the visuals and music of, let's say, Tetris Effect, and if okay. you like the visuals and music of Res, okay, which That's is hardcore. another, yeah, um, this is it's described as an album, as a game. So it's it's pieced out into tracks, and it's like all the music is um, like dance music. Uh, if you're familiar with the band Churches, who I really like, it's kind of like what they do, which is like, I think it's called synth pop. But this this whole thing is like an album, and you play each track, and it's the story of this this woman who goes into this thing, and she has to defeat these, like, it's a tarot card deck with all these p- powerful females as each tarot card and she has to go in there and take them all down in various ways and the game like it's like a visual thing it's more of a visual thing than a game but you are like getting a score and you're picking things up but one time it can be like a tron you're like driving a tron bike down a neon road or like you can be flying a flying in the sky and the music fits to the visuals and the vibration in the controller you can tell kind of what kind of game it is the voiceover, because there's a story that's told. The voiceover is Queen Latifah. She did the audio. Um, and it's just really stylized. And it kind of, it's got that Tron, but it's all pink. And like, you know you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. aesthetic that's pink, what, what, like neon pink, neon purple. Like Brandon Wolfel. Kind of like that. It's got that aesthetic. Modern Instagram photography. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's, yeah, it's really cool. It, uh, that Apple Arcade thing, it's actually, you can get a free month of it if you've never subscribed to it. So you can play it for free, basically, if you've got an iPhone. 
So try it out. Sayonara Wild Hearts. I'm re- I really enjoy it. I've not got all the way through it yet. So what's for dinner? Tonight will be homemade tacos. We're a vegetarian. This is why we're telling you, telling you what we eat. Because, yeah, you can have tacos without any meat. And we don't care that you eat meat. It's not a thing. We're not animal rights activists. We're not vegan. It's not a lifestyle. We just stopped eating meat about 10 years ago because I was told it would help with some pain management. Because, you know. Did it? At the time, yeah. And I lost 60 pounds because I stopped drinking soda and eating meat at the same time. And then started eating just like a world of things I've never had in my whole life. I've probably eaten more steak than anybody listening. You know, my family was, were cattle people. We raised cattle. We had stockyards. My dad ran one. My grandpa ran one. We had a freezer full of steaks and roasts and prime rib all the time. My whole childhood, you know? Right. You go back to mom and dad's and she'd say, grab a couple steaks out of the freezer and we'll have them for lunch. Like, it was no big deal. And so I've probably eaten multiple times my body weight in Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> lots and lots of all-you-can-eat crab night at the hotel um, restaurant here in town when, when I was little. And my sister would take me out there and we'd eat all the crab meat, like dip it in butter. And so, yeah, I've eaten my share of meat. I'm not saying don't eat it. You don't say, you just went along because you were like, oh, this is all right. (laughs) And then you realize you didn't really care. Like, it's not a political statement. It's just the food we're eating. And so people often say to this day, even if they know I've been vegetarian for 10 years, it's like, what do you eat? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think everything else, everything else on the planet that's edible, except for dead animals, like everything else and it's amazing what we find continue to find we're making homemade tacos we're going to use the boca um brand crumbles which is vegan and then we have vegan tofuti sour cream which is made out of tofu instead of dairy again we're not vegan we're not we do dairy and we do eggs no big no problem but sometimes i accidentally cook a vegan meal and i'm like wait a minute there's no <laughs> No egg, no dairy in any of this. And so it just kind of happens. And you can thrive. I am quite overweight still. You are healthy all the time. We still go biking. There's no, We're not failing in any way because we're not eating uh, the meat. That's and, true. And it's not a thing. Just because when someone says they're a vegetarian to you, if they turn it into a thing. Okay, here's my advice. We're going to skip on to that. If <laughs> we're going to blend these two things together. So what's my advice, you ask? What's your advice? My ask? advice is this. If you ask, if someone says to you they're vegetarian or vegan, and then they turn it into a thing, they start preaching at you about the health benefits. They start preaching at you about the ethics of it. They start preaching at you about what it's doing to the environment. They have an agenda. And chances are... And I'm going to generalize here, which won't be fair to a lot of the vegans and vegetarians listening. And if I'm wrong about you, I apologize. But what I find are people that I've read, I've read a lot and watched a lot of videos and watched, read a lot of blogs and, you know, over the years about this. A lot of those people who jump in wholeheartedly to this big cause, you know, I'm not eating meat anymore because of the environmental impact. And then guess what? A couple years in, maybe not even a year in. They don't feel great. They don't feel very good. And their doctor told them they better start eating meat again. So then they eat a burger. And then they just eat fish. 
We even have people say on videos or whoever, well, I'm vegetarian, except on the weekends I eat fish. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, that's not, that's not vegetarian. That's very common, actually. That's just eating less meat. That's fine, too. That's fine, too. But the people who want to turn it into a thing, more than just a conversation about what it's like to eat well, all the different foods that you can eat, and like that's what I'm excited about is food. Like That's one of my great loves, you over there, and food. Those are two of my great loves of life. And so I love to talk about all the weird stuff we can find. Like tonight, our yeah, impossible vegetarian- Whopper. Well, we're not having impossible. Oh. Whopper. We'll have that tomorrow. <laughs> the impossible burger, um, Whopper, has come to town finally. But tonight it's the vegetarian taco with the crumbles and then some cabbage in it because the lettuce looked gross again at the store. So just some raw cabbage in there with the sour cream and the hot sauce that we get from Taco Bell when we go there to get their new vegetarian menu. So, you know, we're not like health freaks. We eat at Burger King and Taco Bell <laughs> and Subway and Jimmy John's. We do, but we do ride bikes a bit. We do ride bikes a bit and um, don't drink a lot of soda, only when we go out. And actually, um, it got cooler this week. It did. We had a bike ride in the cool. It, it was, was actually fin- cold. It was when fantastic I was as well. Yeah. It was great. Really good. So that's it. That's my advice. If someone's going to make a deal about themselves being vegetarian, don't judge them. They're just, they're onto a thing. Just like when you're onto a new thing, like your favorite sports team or your religion or your politics or your whatever, and you're fully committed to it. So are they. It's not any different. True. And if you feel like they're trying to change your mind or make you stop eating meat, well, just find a graceful way out of that conversation because it's never, it's not going to end nicely. All right, so um, you can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also catch us at aschoolie.com, obviously. You can catch Sid talking me on Instagram. You can also... I changed my Twitter picture today to make me look like a zombie. Did you? That's clever. Yeah, in um, October, um, instead of being called a scully on Twitter, I'm a scary. <laughs> and I'm also a zombie. So That's great. I do it every year. I mean, I'm the wife for 20 years. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be amused anymore. So I just... A I'll just scary. Do you not get it? Pat him you up. Get it? I, totally, I totally get it. I just don't. Someone else who's new to your humor might find it more amusing. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> so good. I use it every single year the same. <laughs> That's why it's not that funny. All right. So um, you can also catch this podcast everywhere that podcasts are available, except Spotify, because... <laughs> you still screw, figured it out. Screw Spotify. <laughs> um, you can also email feedback to me at aschoolie at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. You can, but mostly just go on Instagram. You'll see all the vegetables that I've tried to grow and don't always grow. But I've got gourds coming up now. I got six gourds, six, seven, eight gourds, birdhouse gourds. Right. So in the next six months, it's not a fast process. <laughs> I'll hopefully dry them and turn them into something artsy fartsy. So stay classy, Ariasta, one of my favorite horror directors. Don't eat, that's not even fair. It is. It isn't. It's two movies in. It's not fair. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you. <laughs>